0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Elbows Up podcast. In episode 20, we're going to be going over our Stanley Cup playoffs second round review and a preview into the conference finals. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Keen Kelbach How's it going, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a while since we did this. You know, we, th- we took a week off, so I'm glad to be back. We might be a little rusty because <laughs> of the time off, but you know, we have lots to, talk- lots to touch on in the last couple weeks here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of playoff hockey and uh, a lot of other stuff going in, in the, into the hockey world lately. Uh, one of those things being the Connor Bedard uh, sweepstakes were kind of, uh, I guess you could say, like solved or just kind of. You got we got the results of the draft lottery, which was really interesting to see. And uh, for everyone that missed it, uh, Chicago got number one, uh, Dallas got number two, and Columbus got number three. So. Uh, Chicago bumped up from three to one and the other two teams just bumped down one. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, talk in the hockey community the last couple of years. And I feel like this year kind of just really put the exclamation on how the NHL draft lottery is rigged. Uh, there, there's no reason why the Blackhawks should have jumped up. And like the ducks, like they had an 18.5% chance or something like that. And the next, the next close team Columbus was at like 13, if I'm not mistaken, like there was, absolutely no reason why the Ducks not to get this uh it just seems like you know Bettman realizes that the Ducks are on the on their way up they got McTavish they got Zegris they got Zellweger they got Drysdale they're loaded up for the future and just giving them Bedard which is not be fair for the rest of the league but and like and I understand you don't want to put them in Columbus too because who wants to play in Ohio but I think putting him in in Chicago, it's got to be rigged, right? Like after we're not gonna get into it, but after everything that they went through this year with their whole scandal and stuff like that, there is absolutely no reason that this team should be rewarded the first overall pick. And I feel like batman is just uh putting Bedard in a in, kind of in a in an organization where tickets are gonna sell quickly, and that's exactly what happened. There was like two point five mil in season tickets, like in the first like twenty four hours or something like that, maybe even last like ten hours. So it's just kind of crazy. Uh, like, don't get me wrong; I like to see big-time players in big-time markets. I think it's good for the game, but rigging the draft lotteries like this is just not fair for the rest of the teams that are in small markets.
1: I love how you're talking about it as if it's like 100% rigged.
0: No, it it is though. <laughs> I like like them. Okay, let, let's look at this. I, I don't. So this so. one's rigged. There's no the, way it's rigged. This one's know. definitely rigged. The Lafreniere draft was 100% rigged. The Rangers had like. Like terrible odds. I I want to say that they were less than ten. Don't don't quote me on that. But I I want to say that their their odds were worse because it was in the COVID year where twenty two teams made the playoffs or something like that, and they yeah. got bounced in the first round and like they had like they had terrible chances of getting them. Like they like he was not supposed to go there, and then so that one's rigged. Uh, twenty sixteen Matthews to Leafs. That's gotta be rigged. They're putting another guy in the in the biggest market, arguably in hockey, and then. Okay. You see the second You're, coming of so any any the or, any big market
1: that gets the first pick is rigged. That means it's rigged. That's
0: what it seems like. Well, it just <laughs> it's only on these common years. Like, like, and then the second coming of Wayne Gretzky, Connor McJesus goes back to Edmonton too. It it's just it doesn't make sense to me, and it's like it just it just doesn't make sense. Like, you you see these once in a generation or like superstar draft picks coming up, and every single time they go to a uh, original six or another big market. Like no one, they're not putting Niku Heishi in a, in a big market, right? Like they're only putting these, these big names in it. So that that's why I think it's right. But uh, I know you don't feel the same. So, so like, how do you feel about this?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> it like it, it definitely is very suspect. Like I'll, I'll give you that. Like, like, like the yeah, Lafreniere yeah. one going to a, an original sixteen, now Bedard going to an original sixteen. It, it does seem like the lower ch- chance, like 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 when the chance is really small, it always happens to be an original sixteen for whatever reason. When those like really low chance teams move up, so that that definitely is pretty suspect. But I don't know. I, I personally don't think that any draft has ever been rigged. Personally, I don't. I don't know. I just. I feel like it would have been leaked by now. Like, come on, like, like people would Maybe. be people would know. Like, people behind the scenes on certain teams, they they would hear about this stuff and they would leak it after they get like fired or something. Like, like if this was really going on, then there's no way that no one would know about it besides just Batman and Daily.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Batman's been the GM or not the GM. Sorry, the what's the word what commissioner the commissioner yeah thank you he's been the commissioner for like what i think it was since 97 it's it's been like almost 30 years uh, i feel like um but yeah like I, I if if it's just him and Daly that's picking it i don't really see a, a reason why uh why it couldn't be rigged but um yeah it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh obviously we're assuming that Bedard goes number 1 to the Blackhawks it's going to be interesting to see him just with that roster because they really deconstructed at the, at the trade deadline this year, obviously giving up Kane and uh, we're expecting Taves not to be back. I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but uh, Taves probably won't be back and they traded Domi. So like he's he's going to be playing with like a lot of, a lot of bad players, but maybe for your rookie year, like I guess it kind of, it could go a couple of ways, but maybe he's, he's going to get a lot of playing time and a lot of power play power play time. And um, yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Blackhawks suck to be honest. Like literally on paper, they're definitely the worst team in the league, I would say right now. And for heading into on next paper, year. probably, yeah. And like like who who's their best forward besides Bedard, I guess? Anthony Sieu? Like Yeah. Like it's like I, I don't even you. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's <laughs> great. That one goal. <laughs> no, but honestly, like I don't even think they have a true top 6 player.
0: <laughs> probably not, no.
1: And then I mean, Bedard could probably be that. And I think he will be, but like, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's going to put up the numbers that he could have if he was on on Anaheim or something, playing with and mm-hmm. Terry on the top power play, and guys like that. But on Chicago, he's got no one, so the, the numbers probably are you know going to get hurt a little bit by that. I don't know if he's going to hit forty as a rookie next year. You know, maybe not even thirty because he just has no help. He pretty much has to carry his team he has to carry his own offense you know what I mean he's not gonna get any help and at 18 years old so I don't know I wouldn't expect a crazy rookie season anymore
0: yeah that's a really good point and like he's gonna have so much pressure on him from you know like all of Canada and obviously Chicago fans like to perform but yeah like you said like he's gonna be creating all this offense for himself uh, as a rookie like he's probably gonna be playing center I would assume maybe maybe left wing I'm not too sure but uh, yeah he's going to be creating for himself with a bunch of bottom six forwards or maybe even AHLers so if if he doesn't score like 40 like everyone's thinking i don't you know don't be uh don't be asking to trade him right that's just kind of what i what i think but um anyways going into the playoff talk now uh we had the end of the second round uh at the time this podcast just ended tonight uh the first series that we're going to go into is the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Edmonton Oilers. Vegas beat the Oilers on the road in six. Uh, I was watching this series very closely, and it was definitely my favorite uh, second-round matchup, uh, maybe even my uh, favorite series to watch uh, just in the whole playoffs so far. But uh, And I, I know you watched this series also very closely, so I'm excited to get into this. But uh, yeah, so Vegas got through. They're going to be going to the conference finals. I, I feel like Edmonton did play you know, a, a good game, I, I don't think that they should be too disappointed in kind of what happened. But I think at the end of the day, we just realized that you you need more than just McDavid and Dreisseltel because they pretty much did everything they can. Like against the Golden Knights, I know that they didn't really perform and put up the numbers that maybe were used to them putting up. But at the same time, like they, they were kind of just getting smothered from what I saw. Like they always had two guys on them and like, they they were getting hacked by Petrangelo, just like they they were like the va- like Golden Knights like really defended them well, uh, those two individually, and I think that kind of exposed them a little bit. And, but um, yeah, like it, it's really disappointing to see the Oilers go. Uh, th- this was definitely the most exciting team for I think uh, a lot of people to watch, and um, just not seeing them anymore. And uh, you know, just with the teams we got left, it's it's definitely not gonna be as exciting without them.
1: Yes, I mean they actually played a pretty good series in my opinion. I like what did they I think they scored the, the whole kind of storyline of the series was how Edmonton couldn't really hold elite, right? Like they, they were able to start so good. I think they said on the Sportsnet panel that Edmonton had like a plus twenty goal differential in the first period in the playoffs alone, in like two series. Yeah. It was it yeah. was something crazy and they were way ahead of any other team. But in the other two periods they were like in a huge deficit. So, like, a big problem for the Oilers was just maintaining that throughout the game and playing a full 60 minutes, and you really saw that in the Vegas series where I think Edmonton scored the first goal in every game except for game six where Vegas scored first yeah, and I, then I Edmonton think, I, answered I, I, I too quick. I know for
0: sure the, the, the first four games in a row they scored. Uh, they scored first, yeah. Maybe, maybe – I don't think they scored first in game five.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember, but they definitely sure. scored first in at least four. Yeah. And, I mean – you have to like take advantage of that. Like when you score first in four or five of the six games, you have to win four of them. You know, you have to win like four of those games and they just couldn't hold the lead. They let Vegas answers, you know, pretty much right away on a lot of the, the, a lot of the games and, you know, credit to Vegas. I mean, they, uh, they answered pretty much right away. You know, like when you go down, they they didn't get down. They, they just, you know, got over it and they just kind of forgot right away. Especially I noticed with Brosois, in that he kind of, you know, after he would give up one, he wouldn't let that bother him. Sometimes you would see that, especially with, you know, Stuart Skinner. He got pulled a few times. Even Jake Ottinger in the Dallas series. They would kind of yeah. just let it, you know, turn into more. But I think Broswat did, did a good job of just rebounding and kind of just forgetting and just shutting it down for the rest of the game. And, yeah, Vegas, Vegas, I think, deserved to win the series.
0: Yeah, Vegas played it very well, and uh, even just speaking of goaltending, uh, Aiden Hill stepping in uh, when Brusoe went down. Right, in, yeah. in in game six, uh, he let the first two goals in on the first two shots, which obviously terrible start. But I think since then he made like thirty nine or forty straight saves, so that like talk about like bouncing back and recovering from a tough start. Like that's you know that's exactly what he did. But um, another thing about the Oilers, which I I, I think was kind of their their weakness this series and maybe even all year was how much they rely on their power play. And it just seemed like every single time they went to the power play, they scored, but then they kind of shut it down after that. Like they, they were almost looking at the power play as the only opportunities to score goals. And you, you hear of uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid having a lot of interviews post games and just saying that they need to figure out how to score five on five. Cause they, they didn't do that too much this series and honestly a lot of this year. So I, I think they got to stop kind of relying on their power play as even though it's the, maybe the best power play ever. They got to stop relying on that a little bit. But, uh, and then the last thing that I really had about them was just, we didn't really see the Klim Costin or the Kayla Yamamoto step up like they did in the first round series. I think they kind of needed that bottom six forward to step up a little bit and they just didn't really get that. And uh, I I think Warren Fogle played pretty well for, um, from what I saw him out there, but, Um, Yeah, like just for the most part, their bottom six just didn't really provide five on five what they needed to do.
1: Yeah, it's kind of been a long stereotype the last few years, ever since Edmonton's power play has just become like otherworldly good, that Edmonton is kind of like power play merchants. You know what I mean? Like they they don't really produce at five on five like they should. That's kind of been a stereotype the last couple years, and they kind of proved it to be true, right? Uh, I, I know that they actually produce really well or they scored really well and even strength this year as well on top of in the, of, regular, season, in well, the
0: well. regular season okay but
1: in the playoffs they didn't and besides mcdavid and dry really like they didn't get any help at five on five from any like the you know the depth of the, the you know the bottom six the fourth line third line and especially ryan nugent hopkins had a really bad series i, I don't even think yeah. he had a goal did he the, the Oilers, it, it kind of seems like it's been a long running thing with them, just where their depth is their issue, right? Like it seems like, you know, the top two guys, McDavid and Drysod, are the ones who are always carrying and they don't really get the help that they need. But I, I don't know how you can really solve that problem anymore because it seems like they've been working better and getting better with guys like Hyman and Nugent Hopkins having the years they had and filling in these guys, filling in the you know, the roles in the bottom six, but they just can't really perform when it matters.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, Nugent Hopkins, he had one goal this series. Uh, he had uh, he had one three-point night, a couple two-point nights, but uh, majority of those were secondary assists also on the power play. So, uh, yeah, he just, he wasn't really doing as what he can do. And, uh, like, he, he's a 100-point scorer this year, right? Like, so he, you expect a little bit out of him, even though he's getting a lot of, you know, McDavid assists, I guess you could say, where he just give it to him and he goes, but um, I think we kind of covered everything that we need to cover in this series. We're going to move on to another uh, Western Conference series, and that was uh, the Kraken versus the Stars. Stars 1 and 7. Uh, This, to be honest, I didn't really watch this series as closely as the other three. Uh, These two teams, I just, I I don't really find exciting to watch. And um, yeah, well, like, Ander hasn't been the Ander that we've seen to be. Uh, maybe in the conference finals, he you know he gets back that, and I I would not put it past him to to become the Andre that we saw last year against the Flames. But um, yeah, Hints has been very well. He has been playing really good. Robertson has also been playing really good. But uh, yeah, I, I think them against Vegas is gonna be a really good series, just as as far as depth and kind of they both play defensive style.
1: Yeah, I remember saying that Dallas is a team to watch over because of. The fact that Ottinger is probably the best goalie left in the playoffs, but you know he didn't really play like it in the second round. I know he has like a really good playoff reputation, but yeah, there was a couple of bad games that he had that where he got pulled pretty early, like mid game, like mid second period. But you got to give him credit; he he was able to bounce back, especially in that game seven. He played really well. I know he's kind of been compared to like Vasilevsky with his where he's like almost unbeatable in games after a loss in the playoffs. He he. he pretty much you know answers right away and rebounds the next game and never loses so yeah it was definitely a good sign a good omen i guess for dallas heading into game seven and they were able to you know take care of it and get it done but one thing i wanted to talk about in this series was rope hints we have to bring this guy up. what is he leading the playoffs and points right now he if he's not he's he's up there with mcdavid and dry and I think my take of having him in a, as a top 10 center a couple months ago is, is looking pretty good right now.
0: Yeah, I mean like like I like, like I said I didn't really watch the Stars too closely. Um yeah, I I I got to watch more of them before I really have an opinion on Rope Hint, but as far as you know the numbers go, I, I think he's he's probably right there with one of the better players in the playoffs, but um I I think the big surprise for me out of this series actually was like, the Kraken are they're a legit team. Like These guys, like, they're not. They didn't just make it in. Like, they were a wild card spot, but they didn't just make it in as you know, like a a gimme, a a gimme team, right? So, uh, yeah, like, they they performed like probably way way higher than everyone thought they would, beating the defending champs and the Avalanche, and then even pushing this to seven. So, yeah, props to them. Uh, I'm I'm just sick of expansion teams being better than my team. Uh, it's it's super frustrating. Especially because they're both in the Western Conference, like it's, it's just so frustrating to me. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, should we move into the Eastern Conference?
1: Well, let's stay on this series for a bit longer. We should talk. We should talk about Grubauer for a bit. Like, I can't believe how good he was. I know, like, he had a terrible season, like absolutely terrible, the year before last. That was that was a huge reason why Seattle didn't, you know, play as good as expected in their first year was because of goaltending. They were probably a lot better than their results, but because of goaltending, which you can't really control, right? Like I think Drieger, or Drieger and uh, Grubauer both had like 880 or 890 save percentages for the full year. It was like one of the worst goaltending years you'll ever see for a whole team. But And then I, I don't think Grubauer was very good in the regular season this year either. I know Martin Jones played, played a lot of the games, but Grubauer played probably as good as I've ever seen him play in these playoffs. Like, like he took over the series against Colorado, especially in the Game 7. And then, you know, at times he kind of took over the series in in the second round here against Dallas. So uh, maybe we can see Grubauer kind of return to his form, kind of how he played, you know, before he came to Seattle back with Colorado and kind of be be the number one starter that Seattle needs.
0: Yeah, and maybe playing the Avalanche in that first round was kind of, like, good for them, just kind of lit a fire under him. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he carries that on into next year. But now going into the Eastern Conference side of things, uh, we're going to start with the Panthers versus the Leafs. Uh, the Panthers won in five games. Uh, yeah, it's like the Leafs, uh, they they got one win in the second round. So, you know, like Leafs fans, be proud of that, you know, uh, just wear it. But, uh, yeah, like uh, the, the Panthers are a legit team. They've, they've beat maybe two of the most talented teams in the Eastern Conference, I guess you could say, I think. Uh, the Lightning and the Rangers are also up there, but as far as pure talent-wise, the Bruins and the Leafs are, I, I think, are top three for sure. So uh, these guys are playing just out of their minds. As a wild card too, who would have thought that they would, you know, be in the conference finals and maybe even the final. So there's huge props to Brandon Montour, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Bobrovsky's playing out of his mind. Uh, hopefully he keeps that going. But yeah, like the the the, the Panthers just, like, these guys are legit. Like they, they're, they, I think like from what I've saw in this series, they pretty much deserve to win every single game in the series. Like uh, the, 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 one they lost, I I feel like it was a close one still, but uh, yeah, like they, they, it, it was a gentleman sweep for a reason. Like these, these guys, like, I don't know, they're, they're legit. And I, I wouldn't want to play them right now. Yeah. Honestly, I'm
1: not all that surprised with how good they played because they are way better than, you Know, a wildcard team they really are, right? Not only on paper, but like even in the regular season, I think they were like sixth place in the league in expected goals percentage. So they just finished at a really poor rate, like they scored way below their expected rate, meaning that they just didn't score nearly as much as they deserved to, I guess, kind of based off the chances that they got. They just didn't finish their chances, but now they are in the playoffs, and you know, based off how many chances they got in the regular season. They should have been a way better team. And when they're finishing at their expected rate, they really are one of the better teams in the league. And even on paper, like they have two true superstar forwards in Matthew Kachuk, who honestly has an argument for the best winger in the league, I think. Yeah, for sure. At this point, like I think he was a Hart Trophy trophy finalist that got released a couple days ago. And you got Barkov as well up front, who's also just a superstar. And then even Ekblad on the point. And the way Montour played this year with, like, 75 points, he's, he's insane on the power play. He's been really good at the playoffs. You know, they got Sam Reinhart, who's, who's been playing really well, Carter Verhage, who's a clutch yeah. player. He, like, he's, a, he's honestly a super underrated, a true top-line forward as well. Like, their team on paper is stacked. And when they're scoring at the their expected rate, and Bobrovsky is playing the way he has been, I mean, it, it's not a surprise that they're, that they're playing the way that they can. And I think that it's sustainable.
0: Yeah, like no, I I I agree with what you said, and I think two names that I think we also need to mention is uh the guy who finished it off in overtime for the Nick Cousins. He's had a great playoffs. Uh, obviously not just saying that's because he scored the goal, but he's he's been playing really well. And uh, the last guy, a former Calgary Flame, another one, uh, Sam Bennett has been playing just out of his mind. Like he's he's playing super physical, and he's he's playing really well with Kachuk on that line. So. Uh, really good to see those guys go. That be firing on all cylinders again, but um, kind of going back to maybe this isn't a fluke for Florida to be doing this. Like, like they did win the Presidents' Trophy last year. Let's not forget, and they they made a big trade to acquire Kachuk, and they got rid of Huberto and Uyghur, which Weegar definitely was uh, definitely was a loss on that defensive side of things. But like, I, I think for this team, it's like this Kachuk trade has been looking really good for them and like I, I've never really been a f- huge fan of Huberto I, I feel like he passes it way too much and he, he's like he's so passed first that it's it kind of almost like goes against his line mates because they he's like no one's going to defend him because he, he never shoots it right so I I I'm not really a huge fan of him and I you know how I feel about Kachuk he's one of my favorite players in the league and he's, he's been playing great this year so it's it's probably easy to say now that 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 was a W trade for the Panthers, but like they did win the Presidents Trophy last year, so I there, there's no reason why they can't you know win.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing you have to mention about the Panthers is that with guys like Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett and even Nick Cousins, th- those are all guys you need to win a cup. They're all those playoff type players that every team that wins a cup has. Like like every single team that ever wins a cup has those type of players because you need them. They're just th- those physical players that just step up when you need them to. Those are the guys that you need. And I think that's why Florida has a legitimate chance at going all the way because they have, you know, the the role players that they need. Even their star players aren't afraid to get, you know, to mix, you know, mix in it and their defense is really good. They've been playing really well in the playoffs and the way Brovsky's been going. I think that they legitimately have a good chance at beating Carolina in the third
0: round. Yeah, for sure, and uh, yeah, that's one thing that I do really like about watching the Panthers play is that they don't have one player on their team that thinks like I I'm the star of this team and I don't need to lay the body, right? Like, like you, you see Kachuk, obviously he's their best player. He's he's laying the body. Barkov occasionally gets into it. Like everyone on their team that that like maybe doesn't need to lay the body is laying the body, right? And I, I'm a huge fan of that. And you saw that from the Leafs, like in in Game Six or sorry Game Five it was. Um, Marner's getting punched in the back of the head, and he's not doing anything because he's too soft to stand up for himself. It's like, what are we doing? Well, like, what are okay. we doing? Like, there's, there's no one standing up for him, he's not gonna stand up for himself. Like, Keith and Dubas have all of their tough guys out of the lineup who are gonna stand up for him, like Simmons and stuff like that. Like, they, they got no one on the ice that's gonna stand up for themselves or each other, and, and they just get pushed around year after year after year. There's a reason why they have success in the regular season but they don't have success in the playoffs. And that's just what separates the good teams from the great teams is them being able to stand up for themselves and each other. And I just haven't seen that from the Leafs, and you see this a lot from the Panthers. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's one reason why I love watching the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I yeah, think you, you described it well. We, we could probably move on to the next series.
0: Yeah, so going into our last uh, second-round matchup, we have the uh, Hurricanes versus the Devils. Uh, Hurricanes won in five games, and uh, there were a lot of uncompetitive games, uh, except for the last one that went to overtime. But um, yeah, I think kind of just going back to what you said early in the year um, about the Devils that they need to have some struggle before they get over get over the hump and you know really make a shot at winning at this. And I, I think this was a really good first year for the Devils. I if I if I was a Devils fan, I would be happy with you know, beating the Rangers in the first round and and just even taking a game from Carolina, right? Like, this is a really young squad that hasn't been to the playoffs a lot. uh, And pretty much the guy that you need to perform and that you want to perform, performed well, right? Like, Hughes was buzzing around. Like, like, I've never seen someone with so much energy on the ice that he does. Like, obviously, McDavid is the fastest player on the ice, but he just doesn't stop, like out of full out of, out of full speed you know even he never stops yeah. it's it, it's crazy to see and like uh like even luke he was speaking of him he uh he, he played really well when he got caught out, called up too so um yeah like their their big guys played well uh yeah going into the future if i'm a devil fan i'm i'm really happy about not just this year but also in the next couple of years
1: yeah I, I think you kind of have to think back to the start of the season because you know Maybe you would think it was a little disappointing that they lost in five games to Carolina based off how good New Jersey was in the regular season, but you just you can't forget that heading into the year, you know, a lot of people didn't even have New Jersey making playoffs, <laughs> including us, sure, I think, yeah. like me. So, like, it was a huge surprise for them to be like, you know, like a top five team in the league in the regular season, and even to, you know, almost upset, I guess. I mean, I think they were ahead of the Rangers in the standings, but... I think most people still had the Rangers, so they still were able to beat out a more experienced Rangers team. And yeah, like you said, I think it was a great, you know, kind of first year, first step, and a great uh, step in the right direction moving forward for a team that's probably going to become a wagon over the next few years with the guys they got on their team. You know, I think they're going to have a big decision to make this offseason between Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer. But they do have a lot of cap space, so they might be able to re sign both those guys. If they do, that would be insane. And, you know, look out for New Jersey for the next five to 10 years.
0: For sure. And, like, just talking about expectations, like, these these guys got uh, the second overall pick last year in, in Nemec. So, you know, it was like they're probably going to keep Nemec. I've heard a lot of people kind of conspiracizing, if that's even a word, uh, that they should trade. Uh, Nemec to Vancouver for Quinn Hughes just to get all three <laughs> brothers but I, I'm not sure how I feel about that I, I think it's nice to have a another right-handed shot defenseman and I I love Nemec a lot so um, I, I think he's going to be another really good addition uh, next year for the team hopefully he, he makes the roster but um, going into Carolina uh, yeah this they're going to be a, a big force to to take over like uh, they're, they're gonna be a big problem for the Panthers and um. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as Vegas. I feel like they don't really got that one guy who's gonna put you on their back. Maybe like Florida does with with Kachuk, but they they just got like two three Lions who just consistently put in great efforts. And like uh, uh, Martinuk's been playing really well and Natchez, and um, Vinen is supposed to be coming back maybe later in the series. And uh, if they even get to the final, maybe he comes back in the final too. So they 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 just got a lot of depth pieces that are are, are playing really well right now and. Uh, Freddie Anderson's also playing good right now he he kind of had a slow start in the regular season he wasn't playing much with with uh just how with injuries and how he was performing and uh, Ranta kind of stole that spot but he's he's back and uh, we've seen what you know a hot Freddie Anderson can do so uh yeah if if I'm a Hurricanes fan I, I got a lot of promise going into this series and maybe even uh coming out of this as the champions this year.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a ton of the series. I, you know, there was a couple of games that I started watching and then just didn't even really feel like finishing because there was like, like, like I said, four blowouts, right? Like, that's just honestly one of the worst series ever. I mean, it went five games with four blowouts. Like as far as competitiveness goes and playoff hockey, it, it wasn't very fun to watch. It was just some pretty sloppy hockey being played just like it seems like one team would take a night off, you know what I mean? Like, Carolina gave up eight goals the one game, just completely decided to not show up the one night. But just to touch on what you said, Carolina is definitely, like, really good all around. Like, And I think that Freddie Anderson is going to play kind of how he did before all the injuries. And, you know, if he does, it's going to make up for a really good series against Florida for the third round here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't really read into that game four or whatever game three it was when they got blown out too much. Like that's, we, we haven't seen that from the, from the hurricanes in the last two years or pretty much since Brendan Morris taken over of the team. Like we haven't seen them be like a defensive liability, I guess you could say. So yeah. I wouldn't read into that too much. And I think one thing that if you're a hurricanes fan too, is like you look at the first round, you play the Islanders, super defensive, low scoring kind of beats you one, nothing two one type games. You, you handle them in six games, and then you go to the second round and you face the complete opposite. You face a high-scoring, fast, like offensive, like aggressive team, in the Devils, and and you handle them in five games. So it kind of just seems like they got one extreme to another, uh, and and they handle them both like pretty easily, right? So if like if they can handle the two opposites, I I, I I'm not too worried about them. Uh, defensively, at least, like being able to handle the Panthers or even maybe the Golden Knights or the Stars going forward. Yeah,
1: the the Carolina team this year, or I guess even the last couple of years, but mainly this year, they really remind me of the Islanders teams a few years ago that made the conference finals a couple of years in a row. Like They're really good defensively, kind of just like to stay in those tight games, but I think they're even a bit better offensively than those Islanders teams. They have really good depth you know, four good lines that can chip in. Like, I know Jesper Fast is like a third or fourth liner, and he's got, what, five goals? He had like two overtime winners and so already in the playoffs. So, you know, they've been getting what the Oilers didn't in the depth scoring, and that's exactly what you need in the playoffs. Like, every team, it seems like those guys that get the overtime winners, it's always – like the depth guys you know what I mean it's always the Nick Cousins or the Jesper Fast or the Max Talbots you know he scored those two goals for the Penguins in 2009 the only two goals the Penguins score like it's, it's always those guys are the Ross Coltons of the world you know what I mean so you need your depth players to score you need that secondary even tertiary scoring in order to win the cup and I think Carolina may have the best offensive depth left in the playoffs
0: yeah I, I, I agree and even just look at their defensive side of things, like Slavin and Shea, like and Gosberg, they've they've all been playing really well, and you could even keep naming guys. But like they they just got so much depth defensively, and like they, it just seems like they like they they got no liabilities, right? So I, I I'm super high on the on the Hurricanes, and um, yeah, I I think they've gone through that struggle that we kind of talk about. Teams need to go through. Uh, there's another team, Golden Knights who have definitely gone through that. They've been to the conference finals like four times in the last six years now. But the Hurricanes, like they've also been they've also been uh in the in the conference finals the last couple of couple of years. So like the I, I do think that they have a strong shot up for like getting it done this year.
1: Yeah, I think we should get into predicting the series. I'm curious to see what you have.
0: Yeah, so uh we're gonna start back on the Western conference side of things. Uh, Vegas versus Dallas. Uh, th- this was really tough for me. I, I I think I'm gonna have to go Vegas in six. Um, I like I kind of previously said I haven't been watching Dallas too much because I I've seen them so much in the regular season with watching all the Jets games and stuff like that. But um, yeah, from what I've seen from Vegas, like they're they're another team where they they they've just been there before, and I I know that this Dallas roster. Uh, or this Dallas team has been to uh, the cup final even like three years ago, but uh, th- their, their big guns weren't there on the team. Like the Robertsons, the Henses, uh, I don't think Under was even there, but or maybe, maybe he was a rookie that year, but um, yeah, like the, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't really believe in this Dallas team as, as much as I do with Golden Knights and uh, just seeing like Stone and Stevenson and Marsh. So what they've been doing, this season or this playoffs and uh like the additions of Eichel and stuff like that I I, I feel like um they just they're gonna you know I I don't think they'll have too much of a problem with uh with the stars so that's why I got them in six
1: yeah I, I think it's gonna be a close series I'm gonna go the other way though I, I'm gonna go with Dallas I know I, I've been really high on Dallas all year I think I had them going to the Stanley Cup finals when we did our like Stanley Cup predictions like when we started this and like early January so I'm still high on Dallas I know Robertson played really poor in the second round I don't think he scored a goal and even Andre had a couple games but that's actually one of the reasons why I'm going to go with Dallas because they've made it this far and you know arguably their two most valuable players you know maybe besides Haskin haven't really played like they can Right, like we know we know what Robertson's capable of doing. He could get seven goals next series if if he plays the way that he can, and Andre could just completely shut it down, which I think he, he's definitely capable of doing. So and I think uh Dallas is the better goaltending as well, if Andre plays like he can, because I think Vegas is just running with Aiden Hill, right? And you rarely see uh a goalie with no experience. I guess I, I guess bennington right we talked about this a while ago but it's still pretty rare to see a goalie i mean he'll he'll has even less experience like he wasn't even the starter at all this year right so and along with the fact that i think dallas swept the season series like three nothing so for all those reasons i'm gonna go with dallas and six
0: yeah yeah your points are super valid and like the the uh stereotype of goaltending win championships is definitely something that i, I believe in, but. After seeing Aiden Hill kind of locking down the Oilers, it's like you you, you got to put some trust in the guy, right? Like it's obviously it wasn't just him. Uh, like Petrangelo played really well defensively, and Theodore was was also really good this series. But like if if they're holding uh, Edmonton to no five on five goals, and they're only letting in goals against the best power play, maybe even ever, like I don't think there's any reason why they can't do the exact same to the Stars, who have a lot less offensive firepower. So. Uh, yeah, I I got Dallas or sorry I got Vegas, but um, going into the Eastern Conference side of things, uh, Panthers versus Carolina. Uh, who do you got?
1: God, I, I'm still not completely sure about this one. I haven't thought about it too much, but I've bet against Florida twice, and I don't think I'm going to do it again. Uh, you know, Kachuk keeps talking about how they're the underdogs, and I don't know if they can really you know use that card anymore because of the fact that they you know went through. Like two of the top five teams in the regular season already. And I, I just think that Bobrovsky has been playing like he did the year he's, the years he was like a Vesna candidate. And I think, you know, he, he's always been capable of doing that. He's just kind of hasn't been consistent. But he he's riding this high right now, and I think the whole Florida team is. And I think they're going to beat out Carolina.
0: And How many games do you got?
1: I, I'm going to go seven.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is going to go seven for sure. I'm, I'm so torn off. Like, I, I, I look at the Panthers and it's like, who would have thought they would have beat Boston? Who would have thought they would have, you know, beat Toronto? I, I don't, like, like you said, I don't want to go against them again. And then I look at Carolina and I've seen how they've played and, like, I, I've seen their reputation of, like, kind of what this team and what this roster has done in the past, where this Florida roster was kind of reconstructed this year and they don't really have, like, a, a, as, as much, you know, they haven't really been through it. I guess you could say, but it it's so tough to go against the Panthers, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think for me, it could just comes down to, I think it's going to go with game seven and Carolina is the home team in game seven. And I just don't see them losing at a home in game seven, but I don't know. It's, it's such a tour. It's such a, like it's like coin toss for me, but I, I think if I have to decide, I'm going to go with Carolina in seven. Um, It's, it's going to be such a great series. Like, uh, these two teams are kinda of, they, they just match up so well against each other. Like a lot of depth, physical, um, like very very well coached and like they're they're uh like structurally just very like sound. So um yeah, that's gonna be a really good series. I'm gonna be watching this a lot. I have to ask,
1: since you know, your Winnipeg Jets are out and you know, kinda of there isn't really any other teams that I know you cheer for.
0: Just putting salt in the water <laughs> Well,
1: I mean same with my penguins. If if you had to choose one team, who who are you rooting for to win the cup? Of of the four teams left.
0: I mean, I don't know. it' I, I was really rooting for the Oilers, to be honest. Like I, I'm not an Oilers fan, but I like I, I just want to see the best players win. And they've got two of them on their roster. So I was really going for the Oilers. Um, I don't know. I, I've always been a huge Kachuk fan, so I I, I wanna see him win. I I, I think that what it's gonna come down to is um, whoever wins this Panthers Carolina series I'm gonna go with for the rest I, I guess just for the Stanley Cup final but um I, I just don't want to see anyone in the West win I I don't like the stars at all um I just I, I don't like I don't really like their guys and they they're just they're one of the Jets rivals so I'm definitely not going with them and then the other team Vegas I know they beat us out in the first round so if, if they win the cup I mean maybe that makes it a little bit easier of an off season, but nevertheless I'm I'm never gonna cheer for Vegas. I'm I'm not a Vegas fan. I I I hate that these expansion teams come into the league and they just make the Jets life hell. It, that's what it seems like. Like they just they they are just way they just, they're just way too good. And I I think these honestly we 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 can't afford any more expansion teams. I, like we we can't afford anymore. And if like because w- what we've learned is that maybe the Golden Knights, you know, okay maybe. the the Golden Misfits or whatever you want to call them, maybe that was a fluke. They go to the the Stanley Cup final the first year. I don't don't think it's a fluke. They've been to the conference finals for the last six years since they've, since they've gone. I don't don't think that's a fluke. Now you go into the Kraken and see what they did this year. They, they, they almost got the conference finals. They were, they were one goal away from getting there. Right. So it's like, I don't think these expansion teams are necessarily great for other teams. I I think it's good for the league. and I, I think it's, uh it's good for you know batman it's good for uh bringing money into the league but i i don't think for other teams that this is good like if i'm a gm of of a team i don't want to hear any more expansion teams because they're just taking my players and they're just making runs with them in the playoffs so no matter what i'm not going with anyone in the western conference but um i guess if i had to choose between carolina or panthers maybe I, i would just choose panthers just because they've been upsetting everyone and if the panthers can find a way to beat carolina Boston and Toronto, I mean, it's hard not to cheer for them in the final.
1: Yeah, if they beat those two, three teams, I mean, they almost deserve the cup right then and there. But to touch on everything you said about the expansion draft, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Like, I know there's been rumors about how the NHL might add even more teams. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's just getting ridiculous at this point. Like, when was the last time we had an expansion draft before, like, 2018? Or not even an expansion draft, just, like, an expansion it was like a long time ago.
0: It was wild. I don't Wasn't know.
1: it like Nashville and Columbus and like, like early nineties or even like I, I I know
0: I know the expansion teams. Nashville is an expansion team. uh the Wilder expansion team, I believe. And I know, uh, Canucks and I think it was was it Canucks and Sabers came in in the same year in like the late nineties. But yeah, it, it's it's been a while. Like it, it's yeah,
1: yeah. And I just think, I think sixteen or. 32 is a perfect number you know you have 16 per conference and eight per division you know it's all even and if you're going to add one more team then you know it just messes with everything then all the divisions and conferences are uneven again and then it's going to take three more teams to get to the even number of divisions and then you'd have nine per division and that's not even an even number that's an odd number right so i don't know i think they should just stick with 32 and you know the more you do these expansion drafts, the more the quality of the league drops because you're just adding twenty-three more players that weren't in the NHL the year before, right? And sure. it's great for you know, those guys to get the opportunities. And I mean there's enough good there's enough good hockey players in the world for you know, you wouldn't noticeably see the quality drop off, but I, I don't know, I just think that they should stick with thirty two. It's it's a good number.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to touch on too is you don't want to dilute the teams or even the league right like like taking one player from every roster doesn't really seem like a lot but now we're getting into you're taking three players from every roster over the last couple of years so like that's that could potentially be a whole line that could be your whole third line right so you don't want to you don't want to dilute the league too much and you want to have the best players and the best teams playing with more of the best players right so um yeah you don't want to dilute the team dilute the, the league too much but um yeah, I think if I wanted to cheer for a team it'd probably be the Panthers, but uh who who do you want to win? Who who are you rooting for now uh now that, that, you know, we've kinda figured out the final four.
1: Yeah, well, obviously my number one team is the Penguins. <laughs> always has been, but and then if I had to choose a second team, it's it's always Colorado just because of You know, McKinnon. No, it was even before the Avalanche were good, because I've always loved McKinnon. Anyways.
0: No, it's all right.
1: But since they're out, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care for any of the teams left, but if I had to choose one, it would be Dallas, just because I think Pavelski really deserves a cup. You know, he's, I think he literally leads like the all-time playoff goals leader or something, or at least for active players. I think he tied Ovechkin the other night. It's like 172 career playoff goals so he's like leading all active players so i mean he's paid his dues right like he's he's played enough playoff games he scored enough playoff goals i think he he deserves a cup
0: yeah and we didn't mention him when we were talking about that series either he's been just a weapon all he's all, all years. he so. had
1: eight goals in the second round bro
0: yeah yeah seriously so and I, I think he had like he had a four goal game it, one right so like he's yeah he's been he's been great. It's
1: crazy how he's not aging like he he's he's in his prime and he's like thirty nine bro like yeah he he's never he been been scores better. those repeatable goals though yeah like, like he, just in front of the net like he yeah he's never really needed he's yeah. he's never needed to be fast to be good I guess so that's kind of why he's playing so well
0: still. So. Yeah for sure his game definitely ages well <laughs> but uh, I think that's kind of cover it for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to be doing another one next week. So. But I think with that all being said, uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.